Welcome to the Better Birth Podcast. My name's Erin and I'm a hypnobirthing and antenatal instructor, birth activist and all-round birth geek. In this podcast, I chat to experts in the field of pregnancy and birth, debunking myths around birth, diving into the research around maternity care and exploring what is it that means you're more likely to have a positive birthing experience. If you enjoy this podcast, do feel free to buy me a coffee and fund my caffeine habit. Link to my buy me a coffee page is in the podcast info. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Better Birth Podcast. Today we are doing something a little bit different and we've got a lovely birth story to listen to and I'm very happy to welcome Fran to the podcast. Welcome Fran. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for agreeing to share your birth story. I haven't listened to, I actually haven't listened to a birth story in quite a long time on the podcast so I'm really excited to hear to hear yours. Um, so I put a call out on, on email, didn't I, on social media to ask if anyone wanted to share their positive birth stories and you very kindly responded and said that you would like to share yours. Um, and this is your the story of your third baby, isn't it? Third baby, yeah. Um, and so third labour in the last four years. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw your call out and I just finished writing up the birth story and I'd written up all my birth stories for the previous ones found it a very therapeutic experience so your email came in in nice timing I thought well I'll just share it a bit wider (laughs) than just my word document (laughs) I think it's fantastic that you write your birth story up because we do like we do forget details after a while don't we Um, and birth can be a bit of a blur as well so it's nice to have that written down for posterity yeah absolutely and especially you know when you've got a positive story to tell um I just really particularly with my first birth I heard a lot of kind of negativity when I was pregnant Mm -hmm. um and without a doubt it was the hardest thing that I ever went through but there was such beauty in it um and it was yeah just such a surreal incredible experience I wanted to not forget that it was really important to capture it and say yes I kind of started um to write them all up and um yeah love it and I love it now looking back and reading them because like you said you're like oh I completely forgot that aspect um so yeah oh I'm excited to hear all about it do you want to tell do you want to share your story with everybody sure sure so um well, this one was slightly slightly different. So my first two um, births were in midwife-led units um, in hospitals, um, and I had great experience with both. Um, and both were in water as well. And I knew kind of I found the water really relieving. I really wanted to have that experience again. Um, but this time I'd opted for um, home birth, and kind of I would say the main driver for it is that I found out that I could do all my appointments at home (laughs) and I was like you know my my day-to-day reality is looking after a four and a two-year-old working busy and I was like if I can avoid having chunks of my day taken out um, and avoid like the parking at Kingston Hospital then then that's a huge win so I went under the care of the of the home birth team um, and I thought, I'll just think about it as I, you know, as I go through pregnancy. And if it's if it's not going to suit me, then I can change my mind. 
Um, but it was actually kind of as I got used to the idea of giving birth at home and reflected more on the on the previous two experiences that I got really excited about it because it was that um, transition point from home to hospital that I found particularly challenging. Um, and with with my daughter, I remember being in the car and just thinking, I cannot have a contraction in the car. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I'd signal to my husband when it was coming on, I would jump out of the car and I would be marching down the street, like <laughs> making these grunting noises like a soldier. And we're talking, this is... This is like 8 a.m. morning traffic, you know, rush hour traffic uh, in Kingston. Um, so there's a lot of people around. And I was like marching like a soldier past them, bus stops people. Um, and then he was just slowly driving alongside me. And then once it was over, I jumped back in and then he'd take me a bit further. And then next contraction, jump back out. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I just thought, actually, if I can avoid that, then I think I, I, it will be well suited for me to to um, stay at home as well. So um, I got to 40 weeks um, and I think mentally I wasn't quite prepared to get to that point. I'm not sure why, but I had my first um, right at 40 weeks and my second was a week early um so I was kind of yeah a bit surprised to be there and I had a phone call with my mum and she said why don't we take her growing granddad take the kids for a long weekend and it was just exactly what I needed I think I I didn't really want my younger children being involved because they were so young and I just felt like if they're there then I'm responsible and I just can't um so removing them from the situation was totally the right thing for me and my body was thanking me for it because even as I was packing their bags <laughs> I started having contractions <laughs> you know my body started relaxing and um but anyway so they went off to granny and granddad's and it was two days later so the they always say the third one's like a wild card um and I'm still pregnant two days later and the I wasn't having any contractions and I was actually scheduled to go into the hospital for a growth scan um, because my tummy you know on the uh, tape measure height. yeah yeah that's it um, I was measuring 35 weeks at 40 and I'd always carried small and they'd always advised me to go in for these additional growth scans and I, it wasn't something that I was particularly worried about but because it was five weeks off, I hadn't had it, you know, quite that big a gap. So I went in for it, um, had the scan. He's absolutely fine. Perfect amount of fluid. It, they were saying that he's eight pounds at that point. You know, it's just just the way that I carry babies. Mm -hmm. um, but I had that peace of mind, you know, uh, that everything was OK. And I called my midwife because I was at the hospital and I was scheduled to have a sweep a few days later. And I just thought, seeing as the kids are away, I would really like to bring the sweep earlier um, and kind of get the show on the road if we can. And she was wonderful. She met me out, outside after my scan. She met me in the waiting room. We went up to the um, birth centre. She found a room and did the sweep. Um, and she she did it and she said to me, she was like, I think you're going to be a few days off. 
um she was like you know the baby's really nice and low but your cervix is very high and closed so she was like just you know I think you just need to relax and it's probably not going to happen today and so I was a bit discouraged by it but I just thought well I'll just focus on having a good day um and we all know what happens when you <laughs> when you get in that frame of mind like I went for a walk in the sunshine I went out for lunch with my husband um we went to a beer garden in the afternoon and it was seven o'clock in the evening I was sat on the sofa and I had this very familiar pop sensation inside of me um and this is exactly how my previous birth had started with the waters breaking um so I called the midwife and someone came to the house about an hour later um I wasn't having contractions or anything at that point um just had a nice chat with her for about an hour and she said okay just give us a call back when things are, are, are starting up um and so I just my husband and I had some nice food we uh watched a show that we really liked um and then went to bed and he said, like, oh, you know, we need to get a good night's sleep. Um, and I thought, yeah, but I just knew in the back of my mind I wasn't <laughs> going to be sleeping. But I went through the motions anyway. Um, you know, PJ's on. And I'm like, okay, let's just pretend we're going to do this. <laughs> but, but I know, you know, I know how my body works. Um, so, yeah, I... I was lying in bed and it's about 11 o'clock and I could just very slowly, as I'm trying to drift off to sleep, feel them slowly kind of waving in. I'm like, okay, just something I'm going to try and ignore right now. Um, but it got to probably like an hour later where I felt like I, it wasn't just about kind of breathing through. I wanted to, I didn't want to be lying down. Mm -hmm. um, so I went into our spare room and I kind of got into the yoga child's pose. And I was just moving my hips as the contractions came in. Um, and I think I started tracking my contractions around midnight. And I was actually visualizing like a little boat in front of my lips and blowing the boat away like this blue boat like I can still see it in my mind now this little blue boat that I was blowing across the corner of the room um and I found that really great you know I, and I was I was quite happy on my own I knew my husband was sleeping it's like he was there if I needed him but this was this was really good and it got to the point an hour later about one o'clock where um I felt like I need to let him know, you know? And so he started setting up the, the birth pool and I called the midwife. Um, and it's funny talking about like how psychological birth was, is, you know, I was having contractions when I'm packing up the bags for my kids. Well, I, I get onto the phone to the midwife and I was having contractions probably three or three or four in 10 minutes. When I get onto the phone to her, it's eight minute conversation, no contractions. Yeah. And I was just like, what's happened? You know, it's just, yeah. And even though in my mind, I felt this is fine. You know, I think in the back of my mind, you also know that they're wanting to hear a contraction over the phone mm -hmm. to get a gauge. Um, and I felt like I was really progressing, but 
yeah that had slowed things and so it puts out in my mind because she's like well we are 40 minutes away and I thought well if I'm not having a contraction for eight minutes even though I've been having them you know three four and ten um I think it's probably too early um and so yeah so I just thought actually I need to just manage them at home for a, a bit longer um and my husband was really helping me through through them as well I think something that I found absolutely invaluable um in my labors is just the knowledge that the brain can only focus on one dominant thing at a time mm -hmm. and so my strategies for kind of coping had always been about focusing on other things except for you know the the kind of pain that healthy pain that that you feel um and so if it's stuff like breathing visualization um and then as things kind of the intensity rises even more it's like movement and then when I really find I'm at my peak I go to sound mm -hmm. um and it is just incredible how you can use these resources to like block that pain mm -hmm. um and so I was I think I was at the point where I was moving um I was using movement a lot and I was in the bathroom um and I was kind of moving holding on to the handrail feeling that really cold sensation of the handrail on my hands and and the cold floor on my feet and I was moving my feet back and forward and trying to one two one two one two um and just focusing on that sensation and so it got to around 2 p.m. And I thought, this is really, you know, they're consistently there now. And I'm really having to, my focus had changed during them. And I thought, I need to call because I know that they're 40 minutes away. Um, so I called the midwife um, and she she came 45 minutes later. And my husband and I had, we're in the front room and we have this like, um, it's a tent light that changes color and I was waving it up and down in the air and as it changed color we were like chanting words <laughs> that's a bit strange but saying words to do with that color mm -hmm. so it was like moving re uh, red and we were going fire fire fire, fire. green it was like tree 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's great it was it was really it was really good and it really felt like teamwork too. And I've definitely felt that throughout my whole labors, just so completely reliant on him during those moments. Um, that it was probably the most bonding teamwork I've ever experienced, you know, in our, in our marriage going through um, labor. And so, yeah, the midwife was here and I, yeah, then things started to slow down just for a little bit. She was here. All of a sudden, I didn't have a contraction in about four minutes. Um, and I just thought, you know what? I need to take myself away. Like, I know what I need to do. Um, and so I just took myself up to the bathroom. And I was probably up there for 10, 15 minutes. And it was just getting so intense that I thought, I, I need to come downstairs. I actually want to be around other people. Um, and yeah, and, and, and I came downstairs and I just let out this huge cry, uh, like gut wrenching, belly flapping cry. I was just, 
I don't know it just all of a sudden just came over me that I it was just like this is really hard you know it's still my third time Mm -hmm. and although I was like mentally very strong and you'd see me in, in between my contractions I was so composed you know I just it it just all of a it really kind of overwhelmed at that point um and I just had this feeling of kind of like out of control even though it was quite controlled so it's funny I was actually speaking to my friend about this this morning dropping our kids off at nursery and like I've had three unmedicated births and she said to me she was like like how did I actually manage the pain and and what like what was I actually thinking about in my mind um that made me kind of keep control and it's like it's a great question because I think birth is actually one of those places where we are not in control Mm -hmm. you know I think our bodies have absolutely incredible design, um, but they don't always work the way that they should. You know, situations don't always happen the way that they should, even if you've got the medical professionals there. Um, and uh, in birth, it's like, it doesn't matter what prosperity or your career or security or any of those stuff. It really, none of that matters at all. And I think birth brings me to a new level of like vulnerability, you know, on my knees. Um, and it's in those moments that I look to God for my strength and I'm a Christian. So, you know, I know no matter what happens to me, like he is there, he loves me. I have worth, I have dignity, um, the baby inside of me I'm lovingly made and so is the baby inside of me and that is all precious and that is all really valuable and honestly that truth and knowledge just brought me such supernatural peace like it is incredible and like the bible even talks about that like, when you're in relationship with God you give him these control of these situations that you will experience peace that surpasses all understanding and that was just so true for me. You know, I had that in my mind and I didn't let that cry defeat me. I just knew, okay, what am I anchoring to here? And so I came out of that situation just feeling like, yeah, I can absolutely do this. Um, and the environment was really nice as well. So I told my husband when I'd gone into the birth center earlier that day for my sweep, they had fairy lights everywhere. And I was like, oh, it's just so nice. Like, just thought, oh, it's so peaceful the way that they've set it all up. And so around the tub, like in this area of the room, he'd put fairy lights everywhere. Um, and I had some really great music playing as well. And so I just felt like I needed to get into the water. Um, and the second midwife had arrived at that point as well. Um, and I'd kind of sh- changed up my strategies a bit because I was very movement orientated um, before, but being in the water, obviously you can't really move around. And also I, the previous two were in tubs that were like solid. And so it's quite a different experience I found. I you know, wasn't really aware of it until I was in it with the inflatable um tub as well so I felt like I really had needed to move to sound at that point um and it is just incredible how sound can block pain I just I think it is mind-blowingly amazing and um I asked my husband I was like what did I actually sound like and he's like it's the most primal noise like (laughs) I can't even recreate recreate what it was like um 
so yeah so I, I got into the water I was using sound and I turned to the midwife and I said to her I think I'm done now <laughs> I feel done and I'd also told her that I I never have the urge to push it's really quite strange but I, that I never have I heard women talk about that and I thought when is that coming and she said to me I think you might need to push now um and she was right so I started pushing and with the third push I had um pulled myself like out of the pool I just really went with it and I didn't even realize myself, but my husband said I kind of like stood up and then went back down. Um, and he'd come out at that point and he he came out with his hand on his head um, and his cord all wrapped around him and his, his neck and stuff. And I was on all fours, so I couldn't really see. And I, I lowered myself back in and I thought, have I given birth I'm not sure <laughs> and um the midwife was like Fran can you stand up and I just said to her I don't want to stand up I really don't want to stand up and she was like no Fran stand up and I thought okay I can tell by her tone she's being firm with me here so I, I need to get up and it's actually really hard to stand up in an inflatable tub <laughs> after doing labor for a few hours and I was holding on to my husband um and I was stood up and he was hanging out and I knew um, I just needed to wait for the next contraction and he would uh, come out. And I remember the midwife saying, oh, do you want to catch him? Because I caught my daughter um, and I absolutely loved that. You know, that I was on all fours with my daughter and when she came out, I just flipped around really fast and just grabbed her from underwater without thinking and pulled her close to me and so I'd written that in my birth plan that I would really like to try and catch my baby um but the way in which he was and the angle in which I was at it was just too much I felt like I just yeah I didn't have the strength for it so um with the second con with the next contraction which felt like an eternity um he came out and um and yeah, I kind of sat back down and had him on me and just thought, thank goodness that is over. You know, it's wonderful. It is. Um, and like I said, there's so much beauty, I think, in, in birth. Um, but yeah, it was just a really, really, really great experience. Um, so it's, it's nice to kind of be able to share it. And it was it was fast, too. It's amazing. Um, it's such a lovely yeah. story. And you know, all the way through, I mean, people can't see on the podcast, but I mean, like nodding along all the way through, because a lot of the things that you say are things that I teach mm. um, when I teach hypnobirthing. And I find it, you know, I find it fascinating, you know, that, for example, when when you called the midwife, you didn't have a contraction for eight minutes. Um, and, and that's because you were using your conscious brain to have a conversation with the midwife and it took you out of that subconscious primitive birthing brain and stopped your contractions. Yeah. So, or the fact that when you were packing your children's bags, you could feel yourself starting to have surges. You know, the body and the mind are so connected that the thought of feeling responsible for them still and worrying about them just stopped you from letting go and surrendering and, let, and letting your body go into labor. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, it, I think, I do think it's fascinating. You are 
you are so in tune with your body <laughs> and you're so in tune like you all the things that I teach you know you 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 did instinctively mm. um, which I think a lot of us would do instinctively if we were in the optimal environment and supported to to, to do these things and feel these things but because a lot of us birth in hospital we don't yeah. get that chance to surrender and to tune in with our bodies and you know instinctively use these coping methods and you know use movement and you know a lot of the the movements that you were probably instinctively doing were probably for a reason you know yeah. I mean shuffling yeah. your feet back and forth would have moved your pelvis and maybe that was getting your baby into a good position or you know creating a bit of extra space and it's something that you instinctively were probably doing as well as a coping yeah I mean and I and I definitely did my research too you know before I gave birth like I was I'm very practical person and I'm kind of I like to have solutions like things to draw on to help help me through situations so I had done that research and I think there is so much comfort in knowing what is to come too, you know, not just kind of putting your the pillow over your head and saying, well, we'll just go into it. Um, so, yeah, I did think ha- having those things to draw on and really just allow it, like tailoring it to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just knowing, yeah, actually, I I seem to be someone who responds to other people being around that slows it down. So I just need to take myself away. Um, yeah, it was really good. And and afterwards, I when I felt really good after, but I did feel kind of crazy. I felt off, and um, it was strange because it was only until I delivered the placenta that all that kind of feeling went away. And I, what was different about this one that versus the other two is I delivered the other two placenta on my back, um, which I don't know why, because I've never wanted to be in that position for labor. Um, but I think maybe you're just exhausted. And the midwife said to me, just squat down. And it was so much easier just being in the squatting position, far more comfortable. Mm. Um, and yeah and then she examined me as well and I at that point I was like oh do you have any gas and air (laughs) did you bring it with you and so I I had that and that that was great and she as she's examining me she's like Fran you are made to give birth like I didn't have any tearing in it and I think like you said about you know knowing that we are designed to do this and just letting go of any inhibitions at all and just in the moment going with what you feel you know you where are you going to draw your strength and what and what do you need to kind of get through it's an incredibly powerful combination Mm. um and yeah it was really great really really good inspirational I'm so I'm so glad that you you agreed to share your story I think it will I think it will really provide comfort and reassurance for a lot of people who are pregnant and have probably only heard horror stories mm. um and you know even like little things like the fact that you know baby's hand was up by his head and that his cord is wrapped around him and people think that's absolutely terrifying and it's really really dangerous and it's not I mean the midwife just unwraps the cord it's not yeah. very rarely an issue um 
so thank you so much for sharing your story I really hope lots of people hear it um and congratulations thank um, you no it's really good to share so thanks very much for having me on oh you're welcome thank you so much Pam. Hey, thanks The Better Birth Podcast and all of its content is for educational and informational purposes only. You should consult your midwife or your doctor for anything in relation to your own pregnancy and birth. The opinions and the views of the guests on the Better Birth Podcast are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Better Birth or Erin Fung.